Hello, this is John, the only pixie with any brains in his head. Lucy, huh, I think she's crazy. Anywho, this is episode 25 of the Road to Grandeur podcast, as read by the author. We hope you love it. Chapter 25 Chosen Sarah came into the shop at dawn, as she always did. Lucy accompanied her, and they discussed street life of grandeur while they walked. Kevin woke to her entering the shop. He got dressed in his small room and joined them, preparing the shop for the morning. So many people sleep on the streets on the weekend, Sarah said. Most of them look like they spent the night fighting each other. They probably did, I reckon, said Kevin. How many fights do you think you've been in? Sarah asked. Kevin became serious. Too many. Kevin seemed lost and thought for a second. How about you? You ever been in a scuffle? Me? <laughs> Hardly. Not unless you count running from the Wavari in the shade, she said. What? He said, his voice suddenly serious. Nothing, she said. I've just never been in a fight. Kevin walked to her and stared. When did you see a shade? When I came back from my trip with Thaddeus. We were attacked. I know I've mentioned him before. Thaddeus was a pompous nobleman in the upper echelon, she said. When do you see a shade? Kevin repeated. Sarah started from the beginning when they left Hainus. Kevin listened carefully as she told the story of her trip home. He occasionally asked questions to clarify, but otherwise remained silent as she told everything that had happened. Wavara don't normally act like that. I don't know why a shade would focus down one person like that either. I've never heard of them working together, and they don't hypnotize people. Ah, uh, something's off. I'm not sure what, he said. Forethought, said someone with a rumbling voice behind Sarah. Mullet had appeared near her sometime during her story. Don't do that. You're like a giant cat. How you can move so quietly is beyond me, said Sarah. Do not call him a cat. If he is anything, he is a ferocious tiger to be feared, said a small pixie from his shoulder. Telly, Mullet said. The small pixie had become a nearly permanent attachment to Mullet's shoulder. Her wings had fully healed over the last month, but she still followed Mullet everywhere. It made for a unique relationship, since Mullet rarely spoke and Tally never stopped. Wavara don't think ahead. You said they came at you from all sides in a split second? Well, well that takes planning. Also, one of them tried to spell you in some way to prevent you from getting away, said Kevin. Well, like I said, John and Lucy mentioned it being a shade, Sarah said. I, I reckon your encounter may not have been completely random. John and Lucy thought the shade controlled the Wolvari, Sarah said. Agent, grated Mullet. I, I hope not, Kevin said. Shades are intelligent creatures, and the Dark King has been known to use them. Someone wanted to make that whole scene look like a freak mistake. 
even if it was a shade, someone instructed the shade to attack you. Someone tried hard to make it seem like a bunch of folks in the wrong place at the wrong time, Kevin said. Target? Mullet asked. Hmm, well, ask the question. Who was the target? You think Sarah? I mean, it could have been one of the pixies. John, the pixie who Sarah almost crushed, joined the conversation. Why would someone want Sarah to kill me? Maybe an agent thought you were a potential chosen. It could be you were the target. But catching a pixie is like trying to catch the wind. That doesn't make sense. Using Wavari to kill a pixie is like using a bow and arrow to kill a mosquito. It's just the wrong tool for the job, Kevin said. Mullet looked at Sarah and then looked at Kevin. Tally piped in. You think someone contemplated all of these activities in order to get to Sarah? Kevin shrugged. I don't know, but I think we should look at it through your eyes. What, what, what do you mean? Sarah asked. Mullet looks like a meaty anvil, but he's an accomplished diviner. He just wants to see events as they happen, Kevin said. It doesn't hurt, does it? Sarah asked. No, Mullet replied. Sarah sat in a chair and Mullet placed his fingertips to her temples. Now, just try to relax. Don't fight it. Just relax, Kevin said. Sarah took a slow, deep breath. She felt the light pressure of Mullet's fingers on her temples. She slowly became lightheaded and felt herself falling. After a minute of resting in quiet darkness, she began seeing vivid images. Her trip through Hainus passed in a blink. The trip away from Hainus sped by. The images then slowed. She again saw her experience becoming a pixie. She gasped as she took flight. She felt the rush of the wind as her legs lifted off the ground. Then she looked around. She heard the distinctive laugh of the hounds. She saw that same wavari on the edge of the forest, eyes glinting in the darkness. The images stopped. She felt something pushing in her mind while the images remained frozen. Slowly, the images flowed again. She could see herself moving through the experience once more. She could see herself strike John and watch him fall to the ground. Again, the scene paused, and she felt that same pushing sensation in her mind as the picture was stilled. She felt herself moving forward. She saw John on the ground. She heard him pleading and looking up at her. Sarah wanted to scream, to cry out, and to do anything other than relive the experience. She felt Mullet pushing in her mind while the image of her hurting her friend remained. She could feel John pushing against her foot as the voice in her head told her to just stomp on the struggling bug. Somewhere, she heard the echo of a command. Do it. She sensed the push in her mind again. Suddenly, she felt a snap. The images then flashed by quickly through the rest of the events until she made her way back to grandeur. She woke up in the shop, gasping for breath. Well? Kevin asked Mullet. Mullet put his hands to Kevin's temples. He left them there for about 15 seconds before removing them. Huh, who hires a shade? An agent, Mullet said. What? What are you guys talking about? Sarah yelled. 
Ah, something wants you hurt. I'm not sure why that creature put a nasty spell on you, but you broke its spell. The creature left some connection in your mind even after you broke the link. Mullet removed the remnants of that connection, Kevin said. So now what? Sarah asked Kevin. You hurt that shade by breaking the bond. Most of the shade's consciousness was in you when you shattered the spell. The real question is, why'd it come after you in the first place? Any ideas, Mullet? The giant paused and thought. Seer? asked Mullet. Hmm, yeah, we should get her checked out. I hope the seer will let us walk in for a reading. What, What do you mean? Sarah asked. An agent of the Dark King might be haunting you. Agents, they're killers. If you do have an agent after you, we need to know. Agent? asked Sarah. A chaos agent. What What are you talking about? asked Sarah. Chaos agents work for the Dark King, Zolf Heller. He's the King of Xantia. Somewhere along the line, he started thinking of himself as a god. This notion gave him the erroneous thought that anything he wants to do is not only fair, but also right, said Kevin. Insane, grated Mullet. But it goes beyond that. Xantia has a whole different culture. In Xantia, if you want to do anything, and I mean anything, you must go through the king or his representatives. They make it sound all real nice, but what ends up happening is that the king controls everything. People are puppets to him. So where do the chaos agents come into play? asked Sarah. Well, the king lacks ethics, but not brains. The king's agents are everywhere. In Xantia, agents hide in poor populations looking for uprisings. Agents are scattered everywhere all over the land searching for all sorts of things. But what it comes down to is that the king has his future read by a seer. This is the real reason for the agents. A long time ago, a seer predicted that the king's reign might come to an end. (sighs) Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me start at the beginning, Sarah, said Kevin. Sarah nodded. This store is a bit fuzzy since it's so old, but I reckon my version's about as accurate as any. A thousand years ago, the world was in chaos. All the countries warred with each other continually. Life was war no matter where you came from. Well, finally, the leaders of the four great countries realized that the constant fighting had to stop. They got their smartest wizards, witches, and talented people at the time to come to a solution. They decided to create a group that could help settle disputes. Each country would have one member, and this team would help keep the peace. They would be the ultimate peacekeepers. The group had five members in it, one from each country, and a fifth to search out for the next member if and when one of them died. The group was called The Chosen. The Chosen existed above kings and above queens, above governors and emperors. They were the ultimate authority. They were equally respected and feared. For good reasons, the Chosen settled disputes. Their words were law. They were above the law. Wait a minute, said Sarah. What happened if one of the Chosen was corrupt? 
Well, the leaders at the time thought the same way. A powerful spell was cast over the chosen. The spell prevented anyone lacking morals from ever getting into the group. How it ended up working is that no person ever got elected to be a chosen. In order to become a chosen, a member had to be called into the group. You literally had to be chosen into the group. Okay, so will you pontificate on the intricacies of how the chosen are chosen? Asked Tally. Well, that's the tricky part. No one really knows. The extra member somehow knew the next one, but how that works has been lost with time. We do know that each member had great skill in magic. Together, they moved mountains. But it wasn't their magic that made them the chosen. It was their ability to solve big problems. All creatures in the group were gifted. Creatures? Asked Sarah. Sure. The group of five, the chosen, changed from time to time. The members in the group could be male or female, human, elf, troll, you know, whatever, said Kevin. Even Pixie? asked Tally. The Chosen could be anything living. With one member from each country, it'd be rare for the members to be the same species. For a long time, the Chosen kept balance in the world. The Chosen worked in the background, preventing wars and rebellions, Having members from all over the world, the Chosen had no alliances to one specific country or species. Their decisions were not always popular, but over time, their decisions proved them wise. The Chosen were respected. They dethroned kings and appointed new leaders. They settled disputes for any who asked for their aid. The Chosen organized quarantines in cities to prevent the spread of disease. In some circumstances, many people died, but in the long run, the decisions saved thousands of lives. They would help anyone, rich, poor, king, or peasant. They would go anywhere to any country to where their help was needed the most. Eventually, they became quite popular and often entire cities would celebrate having the Chosen visit their town, said Kevin. How is it that I've never heard of the Chosen? asked Sarah. Well, here's where the story gets interesting. Few today know of the Chosen because, well, they've disappeared, said Kevin. A little over 200 years ago, a serious problem arose. Zolf Heller had just become King of Xantia, he has the talent to sap life out of the country's population so he could live forever. Zolf steals life from the peasants and commoners who can't protect themselves. No one really knows how old he actually is. Over time, he gradually changed from ruler to eternal king. He declared war against Tenlin and has been slowly pushing the boundaries for the last two centuries. Shortly after the war began, the Chosen were asked to help. This King Zolf sounds lacking in mental fortitude, commented John. It gets worse, said Kevin. The Chosen met with Zolf Heller. They barely escaped their meeting with their lives. The Chosen realized that Xantia's king had to be stopped. They met with the leaders of the other countries. Only war could end the king's madness. King Zolf had to be brought down by force. 
Now, you have to remember things were different then. The countries had lived in peace with one another for centuries. The leaders thought the chosen were too harsh. Thus, the separate countries ignored the chosen's advice and decided to ignore the problem. This was the first time in centuries that people didn't follow the chosen's decision. But Tenlin has been at war with King Zolf for years, said Sarah. True, but only because Zolf kept expanding. Tenlin had war pushed upon them. But let me finish about the chosen. This is where the seer comes in. King Zolf knew the chosen to be dangerous enemies. The king received counsel from a seer. The seer didn't tell him what he wanted to hear. She simply said that the end of his reign would come at the hands of the chosen. You can guess the king's response to the seer. He created chaos agents to hunt down and kill the chosen. Now don't get me wrong, the chosen had skills and great abilities, but they had become accustomed to love and respect everywhere they went. They could handle an occasional rogue assassin, but they weren't ready for the assault of an entire army of agents trained solely to kill them. All five were killed. Whoa, that's terrible, said Telly. Now, as I said before, once one of a member of the Chosen dies, he or she, or it, is replaced by another member. In the past, when one member died, the Chosen would find the next member. No one alive today knows how the Chosen were picked. We hear stories of a new Chosen appearing, but only one at a time. The King's Chaos agents have continued their hunts. They've destroyed all Chosen or even potential Chosen. We've seen them hang a nine to seven year old woman who couldn't get out of bed. We've seen them thrown a newborn baby down a well. They have no limits. They are focused on killing anyone destined or potentially destined to be a Chosen. The King especially despises magical creatures. He began a campaign to exile non-human species, which work quite well. Currently, the country of Xantia pretty much has only humans in it. His royal decree to destroy non-human species obviously offended other species in the world. Well, we don't know, but there are a few ways to tell, said Kevin. How do you two know all of this? asked John, hovering nearby. Well, said Kevin, looking over at Mullet. Mullet nodded, and Kevin continued. You see, Mullet and I have a complicated past. We are trained fighters, but we're a bit more than that. You see, we're paladins. Our main purpose is to stop King Zolf's agents. Paladins have been trying to give potential Chosen the chance to take down the Dark King for years. We're outnumbered, poorly supplied, and have close to zero funding. We just don't have the resources that the Dark King has, said Kevin. So where does Sarah fit into all of this? asked John. That's why we need a seer. All seers, well, all real seers, will be able to give the same fortune to the same person. They can tell if someone has potential. 
Somehow, chaos agents can see potential chosen like seers can. We're always a step behind, said Kevin. He stopped to get a quick drink and realized Sarah looked terrified. I'm sorry, Sarah. I'm not trying to scare you. Most likely this'll all come to nothing. Well, Mullet and I really wanted to come to Granger to get away from the endless chasing for a while. We've been at it so long we imagine agents everywhere. Being a paladin makes us a bit paranoid at times. In all our travels, we've never once found a potential chosen before the chaos agents did. Usually we track an agent and try to bring them to justice. It's just following the trail of dead bodies and then... Kevin, Mullet said. Yeah? Shut up. Sarah had become ashen. She tried to keep straight the swirling thoughts in her head. The two hired guards apparently hunted and killed men for a living. Granted, they hunted killers, but still. Listen, we'll get an appointment with the seer. It'll be all right, said Kevin. Sarah went to the bathroom and vomited. That's the end of the chapter. Thanks for listening. Remember, every single Monday a new chapter comes out. We'll hope to have you listening in then. Please like and subscribe and tell everybody you know because that's the way these things spread. See you next Monday.